0: Questions about sparkling wines, the unit I divided into five sets of flashcards, winemaking, champagne, Cremant, Cava, and Prosecco. That's the only thing I'm studying really deep, okay? We're gonna start with the set of general winemaking. How much ABV does the second fermentation give? One to 2%. In sparkling wine, warm climate is good for a perfect ripeness of the grape. True or false? False. Cool climate is best to have just ripe in-flavor grape, but still high acidity. The phenolic ripeness is not as important for sparkling wines. If grapes are are from a warmer area, what is the consequence on the wine? Lower acidity. Lower acidity and riper fruit flavor. You want an intense fruit flavor base wine for Lee's aging. True or false? False. You want a more neutral, less fruity wine for Lee's aging so that the autolysis character doesn't have to compete with the fruit flavor, that they just complement each other. Grapes for sparkling wine are grown in places that are simply not less suitable for still wines, where grapes would not achieve the concentration and or ripeness for good quality still wines. True or false? True! So overall, no matter what's the region, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what kind of wine you want to do, normally, grapes for sparkling wine are grown in locations where it wouldn't be good enough for still wines. What are the two grapes commonly used for premium sparkling wine? Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. What is the consequence of Chardonnay being early budding? Vulnerable to spring frosts. Nice. Chardonnay is prone to coulure and mille True or false? True. Why is Chardonnay attractive to growers? because you can produce higher yields without loss of quality. Yields are more moderate for Pinot Noir than Chardonnay and the quality drops if the yields are too high. True or false? True. Pinot Noir lends acidity to a wine. True or false? False. Pinot Noir lends body to a wine. Name three factors within the grape variety that can influence the style of sparkling wine. The intensity of the aroma and flavor of the grape variety, the ability to retain acidity while rapid ripening, and how it reacts to autolysis. For example, Chardonnay becomes creamier, while Charello and Cava become smoky. Lower yields for sparkling wines than still wines are usual. Do sparkling wines have usually lower yields than grapes for still wines? False, higher yields, again, because you do not need the phenolic ripeness. You just need high acid, you need low ABV and delicate flavors. The perception of any off-flavor from diseased fruit will be camouflaged by the effect of the effervescence in the wine. True or false? It's false. Bubbles, effervescence enhance everything. So if you have a minor fault, it will be enhanced by the time it's a sparkling wine. Destemming is coming before pressing for premium traditional method sparkling wine. True or false? Would you de stem? No. Whole bunch crushing for a gentle press. For a gentle press, providing delicate juice that is low in solids and in phenolics. Why are the stems important in a whole bunch crushing? They create a network of channels where the wine can flow and. It's a gentle press as well. Since you have the stem, you don't need as many grapes, so the press is also gentle. Create a network of channels through which the juice can flow easily and it minimizes the pressure required. What is the main issue with whole bunch pressing? Well, the main issue with whole bunch pressing is that you you can't load as many grapes per batch which makes it time-consuming. Fewer grips can be loaded at once, making it more time-consuming. Why are baskets and pneumatic baskets commonly used? Because it's a gentle press. Again, it's all about gentle press. It is common to split the juice in two different press fractions, true or false, true. Usually, the free-run juice and the first press are separated from the second press or from the third press if you ever do so, depending if you're talking about Champagne, Cremant, Cava or Prosecco or Asti. So, sorry, it is common to split the juice into different presses fraction two. yes. The juice from the press fraction is lower in phenolics, in solids and pH than the free run. The pressed juice is lower in phenolics, solids, and pH in the free run. It's higher. It has more phenolics, more solids, and a higher pH. Exactly. Than the free run. Wines made from pressed juice tend to be faster maturing than free run. True or false? You're making sparkling wine. The pressed juice matures faster than the free run, true, it's true, true, which is perfect for early wine consumptions, okay? Remember, normally early early drinking wine will have more amounts of the pressed juice. Before the fermentation, if the wine has too much tannins or color, fining is a solution, true or false? True, that's obvious. What's the temperature of the primary fermentation? Quite low. 14 to 20, it's a big window. In general, never higher than 20, I guess, not really lower than 14, then depends on each region, but 14, 20. 14, 20, to retain fruitiness, but not too cold for the yeast. In which vessel are most primary fermentations done in? Stainless steel tank. Selected yeasts that are able to ferment reliably, reliably to dryness in high acid and low pH conditions are typically used. True or false? True. Which yeast would you use for a wine that will have lees aging? A neutral one. Something that doesn't, that doesn't motivate thiols or esters. Something that is quite neutral. Why is it important to consider which yeast you use for your primary fermentation? Two answers. Why is it important to consider which yeast to use for your primary fermentation? It's two answers. Okay, so first of all, you have to consider it because normally you use the same yeast for the second fermentation. So you have to think about what you will want, which style the wine are you producing. So you have to remember that the first the yeast you use on the first fermentation, you will also use it on the second fermentation, which in the second answer, that means that you will need a yeast that is able to start an alcoholic fermentation at about nine to 11% alcohol, and you will need a yeast that is also able to start a fermentation in a low pH, high acid, alcoholic conditions, and that also can withstand pressure and poor availability of nutrients. What is flocculation? Okay, sometimes I do flashcards like this because there's some words that I don't really know what they mean. So I create a flashcard just so I remember. Flocculation is the clumping of particles. What's the most common available yeast commercially? So, okay i'm also doing this in a way because uh, i also make wine back home so there's also questions that are a little bit more specific to winemaking because i really like to know this shit. what's the most common available yeast commercially ec1118 which is called prise de mousse why would you do malolatic fermentation in your sparkling wine <sighs> to lower to remove any excess, like like if the wine is too acidic, you might lower that a little bit and also to enhance the texture to make it creamier. Why would you sterile filter the base wine if you don't intend to do malolactic? Because then it can happen by mistake during the second fermentation And especially if you're doing a traditional method sparkling wine, then it's extremely hard, almost impossible to fix it in bottle. If you wish for oak flavors in your wine, why would you only put a portion of it, a portion of your base wine in oak instead of all of it? Again, we're back to the question a little bit earlier, effervescence will magnify anything, so if you have too much oak already on the baseline, the moment it becomes sparkling, it's even more noticeable. Give one example where blending is important to achieve balance. So there's actually two examples here. Pinot Noir, for example, can lend body to a blend, while blending in Chardonnay can give a higher acidity. So you can use uh, blending two different grape varieties to achieve balance. Or you can simply use one grape variety, let's imagine you only use Chardonnay, but you have one plot of land that, where, where the grapes are way riper than another one, so you blend them so you can achieve balance. Give one example where blending, this is all about blending for the next ones, give one example where blending is important to achieve consistency. I don't really remember this one. To achieve consistency. Oh yeah, non-vintage champagne is a good example of blending to achieve consistency. You blend so that you have a house style, so that from one year to another, there's not a lot of changes. Give two examples where blending is important to achieve a style of wine. Cheaper versus premium. Two examples. So a producer may choose that their least expensive wine is gonna be an early drinking style and therefore you want to create a more approachable style with more ripe fruit and less acidity so you want something that is a little bit more youthful refreshing but riper fruit not as much acidity because it's not going to be for long long um aging or long aging and on the other hand for the premium one for the top wines it may be styled to be suited to longer aging, both on and off the leaves, and therefore, you need more concentrated flavors and a higher acidity. And therefore, you will have more concentrated flavors and higher acidity. Give an example where blending is important for complexity. So blending for complexity, so you might blend a youthful base wine with the older base wine so that you can get both fruitier and older primary and tertiary characters so you enhance complexity or blending a wine that was in stainless steel tank with another one that was on oak so that you have again more complexity yeah Greater range of flavors may be captured by blending different grape varieties from different vineyard sites and vintages, or blending a base wine that have undergone a different treatment, oaked. Give one example where blending is important to minimize faults. So if you have a base wine that has a minor fault, you can fix that by blending it with a bigger amount of wine and then you can you can fix that problem how is blending important for the volume of production so this is this is actually important in small um holding plots so let's imagine you're a small winemaker you don't have a lot of lands you might blend different grape varieties grapes from different sites, grapes from different vintages, using reserve stock to try to have more volume. Yeah, should be it. How is blending important for the price? So blending is important for the price, for example, where let's imagine you blend Pinot Meunier and Chardonnay you use the fame of Chardonnay to lift up a little bit the Meunier, but you're still using some Meunier so you can keep it at an affordable price, but you still use the fame of Chardonnay for it. Yeah. Oh, and there's a second point, which is actually important. Cheaper wine may also, cheaper wine may also be made from more pressed wine than free run normally pressed wines will be early drinking stuff while the premium stuff will be more free run juice for traditional method wines the final blend should be stabilized for tartarets and proteins before being bottled for the second fermentation true or false true You should stabilize your wine for tartarets and portarets before your second fermentation. Only and exclusively for traditional method wines, based wines should be clarified before the second fermentation. True or false? This is false, okay? Every wine, no matter if it's traditional, tank method, whatever you're doing, all of them should be clarified before the second fermentation. When is liqueur de tirage added to the wine? You don't know that? Go back to level three. (laughs) Before the second fermentation, to start it. Liqueur de tirage is what you add to start the second fermentation. What is liqueur de tirage made of? So, liqueur de tirage is made of sugar, selected yeasts, yeast nutrients, and a clarifying agent. Sometimes it's bentonite or alginate. Which is seaweed extract to facilitate, to facilitate sorry, rhythm. The amount of sugar in the liqueur de tirage used depends on the degree of a further of, of a fervescence required. Yeah. The amount of sugar you'll put in liqueur de tirage, the more the second the longer the second fermentation it is, the more CO2 it's gonna give you. So yeah, true. Yeah. In most fully sparkling wines, enough liqueur de tirage is added to supply about 32 grams of sucrose per liter. True or false? It's false. It's 24 grams of sucrose per liter. How much ABV would 24 grams of sucrose per liter give? About one and a half. Okay. So normally most fully sparkling wines in the liqueur de tirage have about 24 grams of sucrose and that is going to add about 1.5% ABV. How much atmosphere would 24 grams of sucrose per liter give to a wine? About six, six atmospheres. Why does liqueur de tirage not affect the level of sugar in the final wine? Because the de tirage is used to make the second fermentation and the wine is fermented to dryness. Why is the second fer- what is the second fermentation also called? Fun fact. It's called called prise de mousse. What do all yeast strains have in common for traditional method sparkling wines? They can all start the fermentation in a wine that is already at 9 to 11 ABV alcohol, again, low in acidity, uh, sorry, high in acidity, low pH, poor nutrients, alcoholic and under pressure. can start a fermentation in a wine with 9.5 to 11 ABV at a moderate temperature of 16 Celsius and of pH value of below three. And later withstand high pressure fermentation in bottles. Yeast cells must flocculate readily to produce a coarse sediment that can be efficiently removed by riddling. True or false? True. What is the temperature and the duration of the second fermentation for traditional method? Temperature should be... Oh, for the second fermentation. Oh, the second fermentation, so it's lower. Second fermentation, 10 to 12? 12 to 14? About 12. I would say about 12. And the duration, four to six weeks, usually. Four to six weeks, and that will depend on the fermentation. The warmer it is, the faster it's gonna be. 10 to 12, four to six weeks, depending on temperature. What's the temperature during lees aging for traditional method? About 10 Celsius. How long of lees aging for it to become detectable? 15 to 18 months. What's autolysis or autolysis? I don't know how you pronounce these words. Anyone from England, British British that can help me here? What's autolysis? Autolysis is the enzymatic breakdown of dead yeast cells. How long does autolysis last for? So, usually autolysis lasts about four to five years, but... It's been known to last for a decade, for about 10 years. Usually 45 years, been known for last for 10 years. The longer the lees is aging, the faster it evolves once disgorged. True or false and why? The longer the lees is aging, the faster it evolves once disgorged. It is true because the longer the lees is aging, the more sensitive the wine is going to become to the sudden oxygen shock. When disgorged. Nice! What's riddling? What's riddling? Concentrating the yeasts, the dead yeasts, the solids to the bottleneck, slowly. How long does riddling usually last for? Riddling usually lasts up to eight weeks if it's done manually. If it's in giro palettes, four days, five days, eight weeks manually, three to four days, gyro palettes. If the wine has to be stored before disgorged, how is it stored? It is stored sur pointe, which means upside down so that the yeast still stays on the bottleneck. What is the first step of disgorgement when you disgorge your wine? Before you do that, what's the first step? You always chill your wine to about 7 Celsius. You do not want to disgorge a warm, sparkling wine. Too much is going to come out. You want to chill it to about 7 Celsius, and then you're going to freeze the bottleneck in brine, in freezed brine so that you can remove the lees. Yeah. Yeah. After disgorgement, what happens? Well, after disgorgement, liqueur d'expedition is added and you put the cork and the foil and all that thing and you sell it. Liqueur d'expedition is added, the bottle is fitted with cork, a wire muzzle and metal capsule. Way more defined answers from the flashcards than from myself. What is Liqueur d'Expedition made of? Liqueur d'Expedition is made of... Liqueur d'Expedition is made of a base wine, sugar, which is known as dosage, and that's it. Base wine and sugar. So, yeah, base wine, mixture of wine, sugar, or RCGM. What is the role of dosage? The role of dosage is to balance the acidity in the wine, which is especially important in young wines. The perception of acidity runs out with age. Thus, the older the wine at disgorgement, the smaller the dosage required. Okay? So you can assume that uh, late-disgorgement champagne will have less sugar in dosage. What's the Maillard reaction? The Maillard reaction is when the flavors created by autolysis get together with the dosage. The sugar in the Liqueur d'Expedition reacts with compounds formed during the yeast autolysis. This encourages development of roasted, toasted vanilla aromas and the cork sealed wines may be stored for an extra few months to ensure the integration of these aromas before released to the market. Interesting. How does the transfer method dif- differs differs from the traditional method? Transfer method differs from the tr- traditional method. There's no riddling. You empty the wines into a pressurized uh, pressurized chill tank, and you filter the yeast out. What's unique about the ancestral method? The ancestral method, which is what's known as pet nut, somehow, is when you have a partially fermented must bottled, so that the fermentation finishes in bottle. And so any sugar that might be there are all from the first fermentation. There's only one fermentation. And you can choose if you want to disgorge or not. Partially fermented, yeah, uh, uh, must uh, put into bottles, and the remaining sugar is converted into ABV and CO2. Disgorgement may happen or not. Petnat is made this way. Tank method is perfect for fruity wine. since it hasn't long is aging. True or false? True, obvious. Is the first fermentation for tank method at lower or higher temperature, and why? Lower to remain fruity. to to, to keep the fruit, to retain the fresh floral and fruity aroma and flavors. For the tank method, what do you do to stop the fermentation once you reach the desired pressure and residual sugar? You're making a sparkling wine in the tank method. (coughs) You reached the desired pressure and residual wine that you wanted. How do you stop the fermentation? You cool the wine at minus five Celsius. Would you do lease aging using the tank method and if so for how long and why? So tank method you usually do lease aging for about nine months and then that's it because the tanks are quite expensive so if you do longer than that it doesn't become economically viable anymore. So normally no more than nine months. The wines may be aged on the lease for up to nine months if a lease matured attribute is desired. However, the expensive reinforced tanks are then tied up for months. Many of the economic advantages to this system are lost. What happens during the second fermentation in the Asti method? Asti method, what happens during the second fermentation? Guys, there's no second fermentation in the Asti method. Go back to level three, man. What the hell? Explain the ASTI method. So, this is actually a long one, so so it doesn't get too long. I'll just read right away what's in the card. The must is fermented in pressure tank. During the first stages, CO2 is allowed to escape. Once the wine has reached an ABV of about 6%, when you want a wine of 7, 7 7.5, the tank is closed, trapping now the CO2. The CO2 created with that last 1.5% creates a pressure of about 5 atmospheres, okay? So you can already assume that the ASTI method will give less bubbles, less pressure than a traditional method that gets the 24 grams of sugar and gives 6 atmospheres. So you will have 5 atmospheres. Fermentation is then stopped by chilling the wine to retain the sugar desired. The yeast and any nutrients are then removed by filtering the wine to ensure that the wine is stable despite high levels of fermentable sugars. And now, the last few questions What's the level of residual sugar in Brut Nature? Zero to three, no dosage allowed. Yeah. Level of sugar for extra Brut, 0 to 6 for extra Brut. 0 to 6 grams per liter, sorry. Level of sugar for Brut, 0 to 12. Extra Dry, 12 to 17. Which is most Proseccos? Most Proseccos are extra dry, 12 to 17. Level of residual sugar for dry, 17 to 32 medium dry, 32 to 50, sweet, 50 plus. And then the last card was actually a card where I put them all together, so it's easy to remember. Brut nature, extra brute and brute, they all started zero. Brut ze, nature, zero three, no dosage, extra brute, zero six, brute, zero 12. And then extra dry, they just start where the other one started. So brute, zero to 12. So then extra dry 12 to 17, dry 17 to 32, medium dry 32 to 50, sweet 50 plus.